G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. You're listening to Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. And as we delve into this week's topic, a reminder that some of the content may be of a sensitive nature. Now, here's your hosts, Tim and Dez. All right, well, welcome to this week's Momentum. Once again, it is Tim and Dez with you. And uh, once again, hey, we've got another great show lined up for you. But before we get there, we exist for you. So thanks so much for tuning in. You know, we're here just to try and help all of us do life that little bit better. So we, uh, we look at some of the pointy stuff in life and try and give you some help and solutions and uh, thoughts and stuff to help you keep moving forward in life. Uh, MomentumAustralia.org, by the way, is our website. You can find out a whole bunch of resources on there and previous shows too. Des, my Irish co-host and friend, how are you this week? Are you well? <laughs> yes, I'm always good, man. Always good. Yeah, no, no, we're doing really well. And that's a joy and a privilege to do this show uh, this week. It's really cool. And uh, just while we're on talking about uh, facilities, we just want to mention the Momentum Care Line, which is a support line for men run by Caroline Connections, our good friends and partners. And our number there is 1-800-000-MEN. Easy to remember, especially for men, 1-800-000-MEN, which is 636. You can reach out and get help seven days a week between 9 o'clock in the morning and 11 p.m. seven days a week, 1-800-000-MEN. Yeah, awesome. I mean, we are all about connection here at Momentum. And so if you feel like you aren't connected for whatever reason, or there's something in your life that you want to talk about that you don't necessarily want to share with those closest to you, we fully understand that. Uh, you can have a confidential chat with somebody on the care line. That's one 800 You know, it is a special time of year. It is uh, the Father's Day time. And, you know, fatherlessness is a growing problem, not only here in Australia, but right across the Western world. In fact, statistics show that 85% of single-parent families are fatherless families. And it was back in 1996 that sociologist David Popano said the decline of fatherhood and increase in father absence has been shown to be a major disadvantage to the well-being of children. And sadly, it is estimated that around 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. Aren't they terrible statistics? It's really bad. And more recently, there's an expert from Harvard who said that existing today, there's no single greater threat to the long-term well-being of children and our communities and our nation than the increasing number of children that are uh, being raised without a committed, responsible, engaged, and loving father. So, so key. The truth is that we as men receive training on all sorts of stuff, you know, how to do our jobs, you know, how to do life in many ways, but we very, very rarely get training on how to be a good dad. And so that's really key. It's so true, isn't it? Nobody kind of gives you a manual when your first child is born and goes, here you go, off you go. The good news is though, there is an Australian organization that's dedicated to not only tackling the rise of fatherlessness, but also helping equip dads to have healthier relationships and stronger bonds with their children. This wonderful organization, it's an amazing organization, and I've heard about it so many times. It's called Fathering Adventures. And our special guest on the show this week is the founder, Darren Lewis. Welcome to Momentum. Darren, it's good to have you here. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure to, to join you. 
Darren, we've, uh, as Des said, we've, we've kind of heard about you for a little while. We've, uh, you know, we've had you on our radar for a while and, uh, you know, looking through your website and chatting to you off air. Uh, we're so thrilled to have you on the show because we know that you're doing amazing work behind the scenes. For those who perhaps haven't heard of you, well, actually, we'll give you the website straight up, fatheringadventures.com.au. Just jot that down, fatheringadventures.com.au, and you can check that out after the show, but have a listen to Darren first. Darren, let's give people a bit of perspective of yourself, a bit about yourself, your background, and then we'll talk a bit more about fathering adventures. But uh, yeah, give people a lowdown about who Darren Lewis is and his background. Yeah, um, great, great question. I'm a son. Um, I'm, a, I'm a man. Um, I'm a husband of one, um, married to my beautiful wife, Melissa. We've been married now for, it's coming up to 32 years. Um, oh. And together we share four uh, sons. Um, they're all adults now, uh, ranging in 29, from 29 years of age down to 20. Um, two of them are married. Uh, one of those uh, couples um, have two children of their own, some granddad. Um, and, yeah, just, just loving life. Uh, yeah, I, I, I became... Uh, you know, it was, it was in the structural engineering sort of field for for a good period of time um, until until I, what I believe is my calling um, came into play, and that was about fifteen years ago when we first started fathering adventures. And you live in a beautiful part of the world. You should mention that. Yeah, it's it, it's it's. Uh, <laughs> I want to clarify. Uh, so <laughs> yes, I live in Townsville in tropical North Queensland. It, it's very beautiful in our winter and maybe spring months. Not so beautiful in our summer months, um, Des. So, so yeah, it's it's where where in the world is is life perfect all of the time? But we certainly have incredibly beautiful cooler months for sure. So, so going through your earlier years, um, I mean, obviously you have a heart for kids. You got four kids of your own. Um, what 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 were the things you remember about being a dad for the first time? Being a dad from the first time, I just, I think, look, to be honest with you, before I was a dad, I didn't have a faith. And uh. so, um, but I always say, so I, I came to faith probably, uh, it was my eldest son wouldn't have been one. So it would have been, you know, he would have been sort of six months of age maybe. And, and um, the first moment, my recollection of being a dad and I still have, he's 29 years of age now and, and, but I, I, I still have this imprint, um, you know, I, it's like it happened yesterday and I'm sure it's similar for you guys as well, but w- w- it was my first miracle that I ever witnessed, you know. I mean, yeah. when I saw him being born and when I saw I'm, – I'm, I, I grew up in a home whereby don't have too high expectations or hopes because then you're going to get disappointed. <laughs> and, and my wife was completely opposite to that. So she had a birthing plan and, you know, her plan was she wanted a mirror in place. And when the baby was born, she wanted to start breastfeeding. And I'm like, this is foreign for this baby. Like, this is just not going to happen. I tried to, you know, <laughs> try to don't, don't set your expectations too high. And, and, and then I remember when he came out, I mean, Melissa was like, oh, he's beautiful, he's beautiful. Eventually, after about three or four minutes, the the um, obstetrician had to say, now, Melissa, he's still not out yet. He's just the head's out at the moment, so you've got to finish the job, you've got to push him out. And so as soon as they they, they she pushed him out, um, uh, lowered it down onto her chest, and she and he started feeding straight away. Like, as wow. in he started, it latched on. And wow. it was just, that was miraculous how, how that happened. So... So, does that answer your question, Des? I think for, for my, my first memories of fatherhood. Oh, that's great. 
So the next question is, how did you cope with being a dad? I mean, you'd, you'd never had that experience. And so there you were, you know, this baby. How did that go for you? You had to learn new skills and... Yeah, well, for the, look, the early years for me were, were really quite easy. Um, we, I think it helps because we were godparents to a little boy um, who was like two, and I remember having to uh, babysit him over, overnight once, and, and I remember just looking at Melissa and saying, I don't think we can have kids. Like, this is really hard. <laughs> and, and I think, I can't remember whether it was her or, or our friend who, who, when she came back on the scene, was like, Look, uh, they don't come out two years of age, you know. It's yeah, okay to right. come out babies. And, <laughs> and really, there didn't seem to be a whole lot that he was requiring from me, you know. Uh, but so I, I think, you know, I love just even that, the grace to just be eased into it. Um, but, of course, your mind's always turning and you sort of think this. I, I think for me, that's like the biggest thing was um, was actually uh, before being a dad and and – I remember watching my, my wife tells a story. We were watching, uh, uh, look, we're, we're all secure enough in our masculinity. We were watching a Daniel, Daniel Steele movie, and I think it's called Daddy. And, oh. and I remember <laughs> at the end of it, I was uncontrollably crying and I was trying to cover <laughs> it up. But really, I was, and, and, and Melissa said, honey, what's wrong? Like, what's up? And I, and I'm just, and I was just like, I just want to be a good dad. Wow. But I don't know whether I will be or not. You know, yeah. I had these doubts, these concerns, because I hadn't grown up with a with yeah. a great role model as a dad. So Yeah. I mean, I remember wow. whenever my first son was born and he was handed to me and I and I was holding this baby and I and I said to myself and to my wife, what skills do I have? What knowledge do I have? for me to bring this baby boy into the world and raise him properly. Mm-hmm. No skill. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. just no skill. There was no mm-hmm. manual I had, like that Tim you said earlier. And mm-hmm. you're I was on my own. Yeah. It's it's pretty confronting, isn't it, being a dad for the first time, that's that's for sure. And I think what it does do is perhaps um it brings some of those fears, some of those doubts, some of those insecurities that we have all of a sudden it brings them to the surface in a big way. And Darren, particularly when you've got four, right? I mean, you said you, you ended up having four. So obviously, you know, it didn't, <laughs> you learned it didn't put you way. off too much <laughs> in the first one. But um, tell us then about juggling four and being a big family, because obviously that's going to bring with it some struggles. Um, and, and tell us about, I suppose, some of the struggles that you did go through as a father when you had your full brood running around your feet. <laughs> we again, my wife and I usually, whenever we're in conversation with somebody and these kinds of questions come up, she usually says, um, "Yeah, Darren wanted two kids. Um, I wanted four, and so we compromised, and we had four. And, um, <laughs> and, and look, I, I'll be honest with you. For for me, um, you, you're right, Tim, when you said, you know, all of these doubts, you know, begin to rise to the surface. The reality is." is what I knew was I wanted to be a great dad. I wanted to be the best dad that I could be, but I just purely did not feel like I could be a dad to so many. And that was my greatest fear, my greatest doubt, especially when number four, I mean, we prayed for a long time, but for number four, as in I was, so So our first two, uh, first, first one was a dream, before become, becoming Christians. Uh, second one, we'd be, just become Christians. It was a, a wow. Um, we had a lot of 
troubles, a lot of challenges. Um, he had a lot of medical uh, concerns, um, really required a lot of us. Um, and a lot from him and, um, we, and, and they're ongoing today. And then he's, um, you know, 26, 27 years of age. So then, then our number three was a gift. We weren't trying. He just kind of came and it was just this beautiful gift and this beautiful healing gift. Because I've got to be honest with you, after number two, I thought, do, is there something wrong with us? Do we not make children right? You know, like, oh, is, wow. is this? And, and so, um, number three came along and was just a gift. He was just so, he truly was because he was so placid. He went, he just went along with the flow with us. He just, he, he was, he was just beautiful. And, and, um, and and then so when Melissa was like, I feel like someone's missing. I was like, really? Like how many children do we need to have for this feeling that you have to be? Because I was doubting. I'm thinking, well, we've got three. God knows me better than I know myself. Then, okay, so it's more than I asked for. Um, I, do, I have these serious doubts about me. But uh, look, number four, I don't think so. And Melissa's like, yeah, no, I do think so. And so really we prayed for probably – 18 months or more and 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 we just knew enough to know that whatever decision we've made we need to be on the same page yeah look we're, we're racing towards a quick break what, what i will just say in in um conclusion of the first is that i think for all of us on the call and it's good for guys to hear this too is that we've all perhaps uh struggled with the idea of being a dad and certainly those initial stages uh of being a dad we we struggled with accepting our own stuff that was coming up, I suppose. So I just want to leave guys with that because there will be guys going, was, is that normal? Am I okay? Like, um, you know, is that healthy that I felt like that? And I struggled to bond, particularly for guys as well. And I don't know, we'll perhaps get into this in the second part of the show, but it took me about three or four months to fully get my head around being a dad when even, you know, after, after doing it for three or four months, it was like the penny didn't drop immediately for me. It, it took a little while, and I think that's fairly normal for guys. So I just want to leave you with that before we take a short break here at Momentum. Our special guest this week is uh, Darren Lewis from Fathering Adventures. So we've, we've heard a bit about Darren. What we're going to do after the break is come back and tell you a bit more about Fathering Adventures and what they do and how they might just be a blessing for you as a dad. A couple of websites as we go to the break, fatheringadventures.com.au and the Momentum Australia website, momentumaustralia.org. And we'll be back with uh, part two of the show in just a tick with Darren Lewis. This is Momentum, a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 You're listening to Momentum a show that helps men succeed in life. Find out more at MomentumAustralia.org. All right, well, welcome back to this week's show. Tim and Des with you, and our special guest is Darren Lewis from Fathering Adventures. Fatheringadventures.com.au is their website. So we spent the first part of the show hearing a bit of Darren's background. Darren, let's let's talk about Fathering Adventures. And uh, you did mention that you, you obviously you were in jobs before you kind of stumbled into this, which you consider your calling. So tell us a bit about... I suppose, how Fathering Adventures came to be. Fathering Adventures came to be um, uh, first and foremost through my own um, inadequacies as a son, as a 
um, a man, as a father, as a husband, um, I came to realize that my past was affecting me and um, I needed help. I had to, um, you know, reach out and uh, and initially, you know, men don't like to do that. So one of the things that I did was I tried to learn as much as I could and um, until it got to the point where actually it was, wasn't so much about learning as it was about healing, my own, my heart, own heart being healed um, mm. as a son and, and, and as a man, as a father and so on. And so... Um, and then ultimately, and it's like you, you quite often hear psychologists say this, the reason why they got into psychology was to first diagnose themselves. Yeah. So it ended up being that um, we had a lot of opportunities arise very quickly and they just continued to grow whereby people would would want us to help them, want, want to help counsel them. And so uh, I went and did some further studies in that space to be able to feel more adequate in that space. And, and really after about seven years, we became so ridiculously busy, dangerously busy, um, that I uh, pulled back and I asked God to reveal an answer to a question that I had, which is what have I learned over the last seven years? What have I learned? And now I've been so busy in the doing that I really hadn't had enough time to reflect and, and, and learn along the way because the need was so great. Mm-hmm. And so now pulling back and asking that question, all of a sudden it became very clear to me that 99.9%, there was only ever one person that came that I didn't believe had what we refer to as a father wound. Most every other every other person, man, woman, um, had father wounds. And so then I asked the question, well, and, and I began doing some research, who out there is doing something to prevent fathering? Is prevention better than cure? Who's actively preventing father, um, you know, father wounding from happening? And and so in my research, I found that very few organisations, very few um, churches, very few um, individuals are, are doing a great deal, at least that people are aware of. And so um, that's that's really where it came from. It's like, okay, I want to prevent father wounding from happening. And so I'm going to help dads understand who they are and the importance of, that they have. Can you explain that term father wound? Um, you know, some of us might've heard of it. Some of us, for some of us, that's that's a new word or a new phrase. So what exactly is a father wound? Explain that for us. Yeah. So a father wound is is really something, um, uh, some sort of deficiency or some kind of uh, pain that we, that we carry into our adult lives um, that occurred back with our dads as children. And, and, and I think a lot of people say, you know, build a bridge and get over it. The reality is that our past, if left unresolved, affects us and affects us today and it will continue to affect us for the rest of our lives until we deal with that, until resolution comes. And so uh, when it comes to fathers, one of the reasons why father wounding is so um, destructive is because dads are so very important. And, um, you know, the scriptures, you know, Solomon says it this way. He says that um, the glory of children are their fathers and that word glory means um, majesty and it means weightiness. And so what what Solomon's trying to say is, is dads, you have such an incredibly weighty role in the lives of your children, and it's a and it's a weight that can either crush your children, 
or leave them to just kind of, you know, uh, disperse and, and not hold them sort of true, you know. And, and so, yeah, because fathers are so important, they're usually, it's usually the way that, that we are uh, hurt the most. And it can happen through incidences where, you know, dad might have said something harsh or, or treated you harshly, or it could be from dad's absence, um, and not even necessarily physical absence, but just not being interested, not being involved in your world. The reality is the great measure of this is our father in heaven, like what did he want for us as children? And he wanted fathers and mothers to reflect his heart and his will um, for us, to teach us, to train us. And when when any of those things fall short of, of what he wanted for us, that leaves a wound. And the reality is, is pretty much all of us had a wound because none of us had the perfect father. And as fathers, I can say that, that despite that was never my heart to have wounded my kids, and I have great relationships with my kids, but did I wound them along the way? I'm sure I did. And so, you know, we, we need to forgive ourselves and we need to be real with our kids and, and, um, and enter into a, a deep relationship with them for the be able to have conversations with us. Um, you you say on your website, and I'm going to quote: "Our guided father and child experiences help you have healthier relationships, stronger bonds, a deeper understanding of one another, new direction, and more." So, tell us a bit about these guided experiences that you you offer, dads and sons and daughters, and and I suppose what are you what are you hoping? for them to take away from the weekends or the guided experiences? Yeah. So the, the, the big thing, we, we're, we're looking for transformation. We're looking, it's no good in just going and having a lovely experience, as nice as that might be. <laughs> sure. It's about transformation. It's about turning things around. When I first started Fathering Adventures, I wrestled with the idea of what that might look like. I mentioned it was about preventing father wounding. So was, mm. should I write a book? Well, no, there's lots of great people who've written lots of great books. Um, should I run conferences and seminars? Well, that's important too, but men kind of switch off. You know, we've had enough of school and, <laughs> and so men learn best experientially. And so what we, what we um, ended up creating were a series of experiences whereby dad can come and first of all, have a lot of fun with his son or daughter and, um, learn uh, what he or she needs from from um, him and then for him to actually apply the things whilst he's with us, apply the things that he's learnt in that relationship. And and first and foremost, I guess, there's, you know, the last thing that God said, right, to his people for 430 years was that he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children mm. and the hearts mm. of the children to their fathers. And and there's no mistake on the order of those things. What what we really, we really create an environment whereby dads can do just that, turn their hearts to their kids. And the beautiful thing is, is the response is always that the hearts of the children turn back to their fathers. And that's transformation, right? Mm, that's powerful. Um we're running out of time, but I do just want to quickly explore the fact that you do a rites of passage for dads and sons, but also for dads and their older daughters, which I thought was really, really interesting. Can you expand on that for me? Well, for starters, again, I'll ask that question. You know, when did we become? When did you become a man? 
You know, mm, if yeah. if you, you know, I can answer, you know, very clearly and I'm sure you can too if you're married, like when did you become a husband? You know, you, you, June 22nd, 1991. Um, but when did you become a man? Oh, there's a bit of a gray area there. It did happen <laughs> over time. Like, so, so, and, and what does it mean to be a man? What is your definition of manhood? Um, if, if you can't answer that question, you know, one, my, one, one of the things that my mentor, Robert Lewis says is he says, you cannot become what you cannot define. So if you can't define what a man is, how can you ever be one? And, mm. and if you've never actually had a process, a moment, um, with that, that vision for manhood, then, then, you know, what, do you, what does a man do with that? So, so it's really important for sons to become men and for dad to be the guide. And I'm really, my role, and, and our, our team's role is really to help guide the fathers to give to their kids what their kids need them to be. So with that that direction. But yeah, the daughters is is very similar. Um, you know, too many daughters just see they just get missed by their dads. There's an awful statistic on that one. There was a ro- US wide Roper poll, and it said that only thirty percent of fathers of daughters believe that their active involvement in the lives of their daughters is vital to their health and well being. And I love what Steve Bidoff says. If you, if you don't mind me, I've just, I've just, I've written it down here so I get it right. But he just says, um, in regards to daughters, he says a lot about sons too. And most people understand that, but, but he says this, um, he says sometime between 14 and adulthood, a girl needs some kind of marker event, a growing up right. Girls have to be deliberately and proactively launched into healthy womanhood. And when this is done well, the results are impressive. A girl takes charge of her life and begins to make her unique way in the world. Daughters, sons, health become healthy men and healthy women by having dads who get it right with their hearts. Yeah. I don't know about uh, you, Des and Darren, but for me, this last half hour has gone incredibly cookie. And I feel like we've only just scratched the surface on not only fathering adventures, but uh, all of the stuff that you have to bring to the table, Darren. So let's let's take a pause there and get you back on next week. And I love this idea of roles and what we as dads are responsible for sowing into our kids. I think let's expand on that next week and, and some of the key ways that we can really help our kids and, and heal from ourselves from a father wound and they try and not create that in our kids as well our special guest this week has been Darren Lewis from Fathering Adventures the website is fatheringadventures.com.au that's fatheringadventures.com.au love you to check that out and have a look around we're going to get Darren back next week to expand on this some more in the meantime of course love you to check out the Momentum Australia website that's momentumaustralia.org and we will look forward to being back with you next week thanks for tuning in you've been listening to Momentum a show that helps men succeed in life. For more information or to hear this week's show again, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org. Until next time, keep moving forward with Momentum. Momentum.